Your Most Avid Reader by Bibi Berkey. I'm going to start with my main source and inspiration. A collection of letters in a file marked Correspondence, various, from 1790 to 1808. I unearthed them from the archives while working for Greenwich Museum Services in South London. My job was sorting out old files in readiness for digitisation. Well, you know me by now. I start off doing one thing and soon end up going down various rabbit holes. Lena was around two at the time, so I had to rush home to pick her up from the childminder. I remember slinging the file in my bag and taking it with me to read in bed that night. I sat up until the early hours with those letters. I couldn't put them down. They were written by three young women called Jane Marville, Eliza Taines and Hester Sampson. I guess they were in their twenties, so they could have been older. Anyway, all unmarried and all belonging to a club called The Most Sententious Horde of Ladies. It transpired that they weren't a formal unit to begin with, not until Eliza's uncle described them as sententious and it stuck. They positively gloried in it. They refer to other members, although I only have correspondence between these three. The letters are very neatly written, but hardly ladylike. They're full of fun and bravado and elements of anti-establishment thinking. They lived locally, but travelled into central London to attend meetings and parties in a proper club, just like a gentleman's club. It's off Regent Street. I gleaned more information from genealogical records and newspapers. Jane Marville actually had a flourishing writing career and her work can still be found in the British Library. From what I could tell, Hester had some ambitions in that direction too, judging by references in the letters. They must have had quite a following because they refer to other girls wanting to join them. I struck gold when I came across an independent reference to the most sententious horde of ladies in a pamphlet dating 1823, which detailed English ladies of note of the last decade. It called them accomplished and gracious, dressed always in most fashionable attire. They remain a discerning and exclusive club for our most learned yet frivolous ladies. And here's the thing. Lord Byron himself was mentioned in that pamphlet, saying that he admired the girls and longed to break into one of their meetings but feared he might be like a lamb in a cage of tigresses. I no longer have the letters. They found a home in the Museum of London, but I took copies of some of them and can send you details if you wish. Their real joy is the many historical and cultural references. For example, in one letter I recall one of the girls, Hester perhaps, asking the others if she thinks Sarah Siddons should join their club now that she's retiring from the stage. I remember them referring to her as a most elegant specimen or something like that. They fell out there. Did I tell you? It's very sad. But maybe not for now. Surely you've got enough to think about with the Hesiods. That's me signing off, your most avid reader. Hello? Is there anybody out there? I can't sleep. Yes, I'm here. I'm a bit of a late night person. I seem to spend the quiet hours at my laptop, just putting down thoughts, that kind of thing. And shopping, obviously. What's keeping you up? Life. People. Me. 
Maybe you're naturally solitary. I thought I was, but I'm not so sure anymore. I can't write without utter silence, but I can't live like that as well. I can't write, Hilary. I can't write. Yes, you can. We're all assailed by doubts, Monica. All of us, whatever we do. Even if it's just making day-to-day -day parental decisions. Living in a void means you can't distract yourself from the awfulness of yourself. You know what I mean. We all think the worst of ourselves when we look inside. But I am telling you that you write very well indeed. Is that what you want to hear? Yes and no. It's good to receive compliments, and I suppose it was what I wanted to hear. Though you could have used a bit more hyperbole. <laughs> but the truth is, I need to hear something else. Talk about something else. Talk to someone else. There's a hatred inside me for what I do and for everyone connected with it. It's shackled me to an idea, to a constant process. I can't escape from it. My editor, Carla, is always nagging in a wheedling, falsely chummy kind of way. My agent is new and detached and entirely driven by money. It's an uneven kind of gift, the literary one. It lifts you high and then drops you from that very height. Listen. I have a terrible truth to tell you. Please, please, don't let anyone know. But I must bear my soul. I can't stand the Clement Street books anymore. I don't want to write them. I hate the thought of starting another one. But the demands are getting louder. I should have shown a synopsis to Carla a month ago. It's not that I couldn't think of a scenario for my characters. My mind just didn't want to. It's like some huge hound sitting in front of an open doorway. And however much I kick it and shove it, it won't move. I'm stuck. It's over. I want to run away from it, but I can't. There's nothing creative in this process. I am merely a machine. It was never meant to be like this. Monica, I'll attempt to comfort you. Let me. But I don't know how effective it'll be. It's late, and you're lonely and blocked and sad, and you've spent far too long thinking about your wretched state. At least in a busy workplace, you can diffuse that sense of imminent explosion. Alone, you can't. I'm not with you physically, but we can be grateful to modern technology that I can reach you urgently whenever you need me. First of all, let's forget that you have some awful burden to deal with. Many people would give all they own to have a career like yours. Many have tried, I suspect. Few have succeeded. Do you never take comfort in that? You are one of a tiny, tiny minority of hugely successful writers. Secondly... Let's accept that every artist faces this in a world that judges you on commercial success. Maybe that's always been the way. Maybe some artists have simply accepted the compromise. Many have flourished within its confines. Those are the ones you must look to. 
the writers, painters, musicians who produce beautiful work while still earning well from it and receiving popular accolades. That's not a dirty thing, popularity. You're tired, that's all. You need an escape. Can I help you escape? Can I provide you with some research that might prove useful to your editor and stave off your agent? Give me a week and I'll come up with a synopsis for the next Clement Street instalment. You can put your name to it, I don't care. I hate to hear you in such a terrible place. I'm a restless soul, not creative like you, perhaps, but someone who gets off on getting things done. I have enough of a grasp of Clement Street to know what to provide. You need a break. You need to not think about things for a while. Then you can bounce back with renewed vitality. What do you say? Oh, Hilary, where have you been all my life? You are so thoughtful, and it's so kind of you to make such a wonderful offer. But I can't accept. I couldn't square it with my conscience if you did so much work. Although I would have paid you, of course. But... What if it came out? What if everyone knew that my work was not original? I'm not going to write the bloody thing. You're going to write it. I'm just going to keep those walls from the door by coming up with a plan for a story. You can shape it the way you like. You'll breathe the life into it and I wouldn't dream of being paid. Don't be ridiculous. You're the writer, not me. Are you sure? Are you really sure you don't mind? Go to bed. I'll put down some ideas just as soon as my daughter's Christmas play is over. It'll be fun. Nice for me to do something with my brain and nice for you to give your brain a rest. And anyway, it would be a privilege given that I'm your most avid reader. Hilary was played by Rebecca Charles. Monica by Georgina Sutton. Your Most Avid Reader was written by Bibi Berkey with sound editing by Mark Lingwood. It was made by Tempest Productions and brought to you with the kind support of Rattlesnake Books. An established seller of books, maps, ephemera, art and curiosities Rattlesnake Books can be found on Instagram, Etsy, Abe Books and Biblio.